0: Okay, let's pray, church. Father, in Jesus' name, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would be right here with us, that we would be listening, that our hearts would be soft, and that we would have a learning spirit. God, you've got something to say to us today. You're speaking to us. You're trying. You've done everything for us. Lord, let us open up to you this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. I want to just remind you, we've started this. I think we're two weeks into it. Um... Is it really not going to work? It's really not. Go to the Google Classroom. Yeah. Okay, so you got it, Liz. All my work is just awesome. Yeah. Um, We're doing this book called Multiply. It's about disciples making disciples. And really, it's really starting with your own self and becoming a disciple. But becoming a disciple means you're going to be discipling. That's what, what Jesus' call was to us as a church, was to make, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's not the priest. That's not the leaders on the stage. That is the disciples of Christ, which are all of us. Right? Right? Um, and I just want you to know when we start walking in that vein, God puts people in your way to do this. You do not have to go and, and just, ha- just have a, a water parting moment to be able to disciple people. Just this week, I had a situation with a friend of mine that I just realized God was saying, this is it had I not been studying and had I not been looking for God, I would have just continued to just be social and just, you know, love on the person and be there for them and, you know, counsel them, hear what they're saying. But God said, no, 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 no. This is what you're called to do. And it's not because I'm a pastor. It's because I'm a follower of Christ. And literally, we have to be looking because God's going to put this in your way because he called you to do it. It is the intention that you are here is to disciple people, you, And it says, you disciple them, and you baptize them. Chew on that a bit. I'm going to leave that one with you. Join the class with us. Even if you can't come on Wednesday nights, go through the class with us. The entire book is on the Google Classroom. It's free. There's a video for you to watch. There's stuff for you to read. There's things for you to answer. It will change your life. But uh, as uh, what was the scripture you used for... um, Uh, Let let me just keep going. I've I've got a word here. I believe that the Lord has for you, huh? Yeah. Let me just start going. John chapter ten verse nine. Y'all get your Bibles out. Get your iPhones out. um, Your uh, Androids, whatever you got. Your uh, uh, what's that book reader thing? Kindle. Thank you. I'm telling you, my mind is uh, my mind's not all there, which y'all all all know. So just go with me. John chapter ten verse nine. I am the door. Who is the door? Okay, and not everybody would know that. Jesus is speaking. Jesus is saying, I, I point at me, I am the door. Christ is the door. Everyone, everybody say everyone. Everyone who comes through me will be saved. And what I was trying to get at, and I believe Elizabeth had shared this either in Sunday school this morning or um, in, in her word for offering. There is an action that happens here. There is an action that happens with us as Christ followers. Christ has done everything for us, but there is action needed to walk the thing out. Christ has done it, but yet we do not live free. We live in chains. Even though all in God's word, he says, I've set you free. I've come to set the captives free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But who here as Christians is not living in freedom? I see hands. I know it. I'm one of them. But right here it says, I am the door. Of everyone who, now this is our part, comes in through me. There is a part that we have to play. It's not just Poof, everything's great for you. Wouldn't that be awesome? If it was, we'd be worth nothing. We wouldn't do anything. We would just sit back and enjoy the festivities. But God says, No, you've got to move toward me. Come in, come in through me, and you will be saved. I want you to know this is not just a salvation message. That he's giving us here. Today I want to talk about doors. Everybody say doors. I am the door. This is the most important door of your life. This door. There will be a lot of doors that you go through in life. There will be a lot of doors that you go by in life. But this is the door to everything you need. Jesus says I am the door. Whoever comes in through me will be saved. What's significant about doors in the Bible? Because they're metaphors for opportunities. For all kinds of things that God wants to do in your life. And did you know there's 400 uses of the word door in the Bible through different translations? The Bible has a lot to say about doors. In your life, there are so many doors. There's doors to happiness, there's there's doors to sadness, there's doors to success, there's doors to failure, there's doors to abundance and achievement, there's doors to poverty and distractions and all kinds of problems in your life. Your success in life, your happiness in life will largely be determined by the doors you walk through and the doors you walk past you hear me? Not every door needs to be walked through. And not every door needs to be passed up. The problem is so many times we go in the wrong door. We've all done that. And sometimes, and I point Elizabeth because I feel like that whole thing on character, we've got these doors to walk through and we choose the wrong one. And it seems small, it seems subtle, but it affects our life. It affects our character. But the wrong doors, we've all done it. And you know, sometimes when you've walked through the wrong door, it takes you months, sometimes even years to get out from under it, to get back on track. But how do you know when it's the right door? And how do you know when it's the wrong door? Now, I want to tell you, God has a plan for your life. And as as I've said, some of the doors um, that that you pass are right for you. And some of the doors are wrong for you. Some of them are opportunities, and some of them are traps. Some of them are trap doors. Some of them are detour detour doors. But I want to tell you, I think that we miss the right door so many times for three reasons. And there's a lot more than this, but I'm going to give you three. Number one, we don't recognize them. I met somebody this week, and... uh, I knew I didn't have the answers. First of all, I know I'm not the door. I know I'm not the door, but I know who is. And my, my offering to this person was, you need counseling. You need wise counsel. Wise counsel. You cannot do this on your own, and you cannot get over this on your own. We try to just get over things. We try to white knuckle things and you just can't do it on your own. God never called you to do it on your own. God says the way you're going to find the right answer is with a lot of counsel. Why? Because you can't find it on your own. You find it through people. I must in the work that I do and raising my children and being a husband, I have to have counsel because left on my own, I do stupid stuff. Not only do I walk through the wrong door, but I carry my family through the wrong door. Anybody ever done that? Anybody ever got in the car and you got everybody in the car and you've gone the wrong way? And I'm not just talking about a metaphor. I'm talking about literally you went the wrong way. Wound up in a ditch, wound up wrecked, wound up in trouble. All because you went the wrong way. There are right doors for you. There are wrong doors. But so many times, and, and, and with this person, I was saying you need counsel. They had every reason why they didn't. If I can encourage you, I don't care what you're going through. I don't care if you've got everything together. I don't care if you've got a billion dollars or you've got no dollars. I don't care if you've got billions of debt. I don't care where you are. You need counsel. You need counsel. Everyone needs a counselor. You know that's what the Holy Spirit is? He's our counselor. And so many times the Holy Spirit will bring a counselor to you through other people. It's not always the small, still small voice that the Holy Spirit speaks to you. As Elizabeth has told this morning about through Chile, God spoke to her. Not always does it happen that way. Sometimes it comes through people. Usually it comes through people in my life. It comes through wise counsel. So the first example of why we miss it, we don't recognize it. Number two, we're not prepared for it. And number three, we lack the courage to go through them, even if we recognize them. I've done that. Today, I want to talk about the door of freedom. It's so, God is so, I want to use the term in my own brain, bizarre, in that all of our songs that we did, I think all five, was all about being free of chains. I'm not that good. I can try to line stuff up and work out songs with with my worship team, but we're not that good to line up what I'm sharing today with what we did a month ago. God's that good. And I'll bet you've come here in chains. That's how God works. God knew who to have here today. God knew how to set up the worship. He knew how to set up the word. He set it up for you. Why? Why? Because he cares for you. Just like with Brandon said, he's walking along the riverbank just watching you. I'm with you. He's not walking on the riverbank. He's. We learned this morning, he's not on the outside ready to come in and rescue us. He's with us. We were taught in Daniel chapter 3 that with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they went into the fire, there he was. He's with me. The door to freedom. Jesus says, I am that door. If you will go through that door, you will be saved. Listen, church, God wants you to be free. In fact, all through scripture, God makes this a major theme. And there are two or three examples where he actually opens prison doors. Literally opens prison doors for people. Because some doors are entrances to something good that you want, but some doors are actually exits from things that, got, that you don't want. Before I can get you where you want to be, before I can get you where you want to go, we've got to get you out of where you are. Did you hear me? Before you can get to where you're wanting to go, We've got to get you out of where you are. I'm, I'm, there is something so heavy in my heart right now. I've, tried to, I've talked to Elizabeth. We're, I've talked to Ki, uh, Rob Owens and Kinos about doing a marriage conference, and I just told him this week. This whole thing on adverse childhood experiences and these things of trauma that have happened in your life that have never gotten worked out are chains that are affecting everything that you do. And for so many of us, we think it's just, we think it's gone. Don't even hardly even remember that it's affecting every decision that you make. And God wants you really free. As I was telling someone this morning, I know of some people that have just gone through such hell, and they just cannot white knuckle this thing and get out of it. We have to walk with them. That's what the whole discipleship part is about, is walking that extra mile and going with someone and loving someone and helping them get through it. Now, we never, leave our, we never have our past. It never disappears. Our past is always with us, but we can be restored. Even though I have a past and it's damaged my life, I can have my life restored even though all this damage has occurred. But if I continue to try to cover it up and hide it and just kind of white knuckle it, what I don't realize is what that filter to my family, what that filter to my church, what that filter to my job, it affects me. And God wants real freedom. What I'm talking about is supernatural. What I'm talking about is, is having an overcoming experience and life. A restored life that probably, I would say probably none of us really know. Because we've just kind of held this stuff and didn't even know it existed. Maybe you were abused as a child. Maybe you were, um, have, have, has, have had an addiction. Maybe you've just had um, a, a death in the family that so t- traumatized you. It is literal PTSD. PTSD. And you don't even know that you've got it. It's very quiet in here, but I'm telling you, God wants real freedom. He doesn't want some religious game that we come in here and act like we feel good and then go back to our hell. He wants real freedom. Maybe you'd say, wait a minute, I'm not in prison. I'm not in prison. You know, you've probably never been physically locked up in prison, but you don't have to be behind bars to be in prison. The biggest prisons in life are in our brain or in our mind, is a mental prison. A relationship can be a prison. Have you ever been in a relationship where you just felt, I feel trapped? I can't get out of this. I feel stuck. Debt can be a prison. Have you ever felt I'm in so much debt that I'm suffocating? A habit can be a prison. An addiction can be a a prison. An expectation can be a prison. You feel like I've got to do what my dad wanted me to do or my mom wanted me to do or my husband or my wife or somebody. Listen to this, church. A tradition can be a prison. A painful memory. A big hurt. You're stuck in a mental prison of grief or failure or fatigue. You know, a negative emotion can be a prison. Depression is a prison. Discouragement, disappointment, despair, guilt can be a prison. Shame can be a prison. So I want to tell you that when we start talking about this Jesus door to freedom, Jesus being the door to freedom, we're not just talking about people getting free. We're talking about you. Say me. We're talking about me. It's easy to come into a room like this and just kind of generally accept what's being said. But I want you to know God is saying it to you. He came to set you free this torturing that's going on in your mind is not God's plan for you. And even though you've lived with it your whole life, you can get free of it. And it's not covering it with medicine. It's covering it with the blood of Jesus. Amen. The door to freedom, you. Jesus says, I am that door. I am that exit. How does God break you out of what's confining you? Whatever's holding you back, whatever's got you incarcerated. A couple things I want to tell you. And I'm going, to, I'm going to end my whole goal today, it being Mother's Day, is to get y'all out to get you to the restaurants quickly. So mom doesn't cook and y'all can eat. And I'm already late, so I'm going to give you one. On Amen. Amen. Well, I got a wife, too, that wants to eat. And I got a mom, too, that wants to eat. <laughs> so even though some of you want to stay, we're going to go. Listen to this, Acts chapter 16, verse 26. If I got that, there we go. Everybody say suddenly. Suddenly. Can I tell you God can move suddenly? I don't care what it is that you've been through. God can move suddenly. Sometimes it takes weeks, it takes months, it takes life to get over some of the hills that we've got. But sometimes God can just, bam, you're free. Now, it's still got some damage that goes along with it, but you're free. Free, you can feel it, you know it, even though we're still having to walk through it because you run into people that want to remind you of your chains and actually Satan's trying to lead you back into jail. But Chili, you don't have to go back into that pen. But you know what? Chili would say, but I feel comfortable in that pen. I feel, I kind of like it in my pen. God says, okay, I get that but i'm going to get you comfortable outside the pen. and you're going to be able to stand over here and look at this and say that was not my calling. suddenly there was a massive earthquake and prison and the prison was shaken to its foundations and all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off and they were set free. that was a miracle. Now, you've come in here with chains on you, in your mind, in your heart, in your life, in your job, and a lot of things that are going on. I want you to know that when you step through this door, I believe that God is going to move suddenly. Doesn't mean everything is fixed. Doesn't mean everything is gone. It means that you, are, you have a door to walk through into freedom. Now, what happens is we've got to keep walking. My walk now is a walk in freedom. Doesn't mean that I still have these people and stuff that still, if somebody hurt me, that still hurts. If I've got a wound, that takes time to heal. Sometimes it doesn't completely, fully heal. I think that when that's going to happen is when I'm in heaven. I have a tendency of remembering my pain. Even though I've been set free of it, and I'm not carrying unforgiveness, I'm not necessarily thinking about it, but if I go back and I see that person or I see that situation, I remember, and it hurts. And if I'm not careful and if I'm, not around, if I'm around the wrong people, I'll get pulled right back into it. And I don't even know I'm locked back up again. But I believe God's mercy and his grace. All he says is, okay, wait a minute, you remember the door? Go, go, go through the door. I've given you the door. I am the door. This is where we're going to be going over the next few weeks is about really getting free. I am the door. It's up to you to walk through it. It's up to you to seek wise counsel. It's up to you to seek the Lord. The Word of God says if you will seek Him, you will find him. If you want to be free and you walk through the right door, you will get free. I don't care what your situation is. I don't read this and read it situationally. Does everybody follow me? Well, it doesn't really apply to me. Yes, it does. Yeah. One. Free. I don't know who did it. I don't care. Free. God wants to set, and I do care. I, I don't take that the wrong way. I, I, God wants to set you free. Can everybody say amen? amen? Amen. Stand up with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that your spirit is here this morning. I can feel you this morning. And Lord, I can feel your your heart toward us for a, a heart of love. A heart that loves so much that you gave everything for what we're talking about today. And that is the door that Jesus provided by his death on the cross. There is freedom for you. Walk through that door. I want to encourage you as we just have our heads bowed for just a second. If you don't know how to walk through that door, get with another Christian. We are here to help disciple you. And we're going to do that one-on-one. One-on-one. Part of my calling is to help people walk through that door. Part of your calling as a, as a follower of Christ is to help people walk through that door. But I can tell you that even as a, a 43-year-old Christian, I still need people to help me walk through that door. Because I can get blinded to myself. I can get blinded to Satan. I can get blinded to bitterness and unforgiveness. I can get blinded to the flesh. Everything that goes along with that, it's so easy that I need wise counsel to help me. Father God, in Jesus' name, help our church to help people walk. And Father God, help our church to be humble enough to say, "Do I am I in chains? God, identify what those things are. And that we need help. Father, I just thank you for mothers. I just pray for short lines at the restaurants. Great food. Great relationship, great relationships. Forgiveness and mending and family building. Lord, just breakthrough in family. Restore the family. Let it start with us. Church, I want to tell you, don't expect the person on the other table to make the move. You make the move to love and to freedom. Freedom in families. God, bless our church. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You guys have a great day. Happy Mother's Day.